0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Should Auburn pursue Liberty Transfer Quarterback Caden Salter? You are
0: Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, yes,
1: welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. We're talking, Cruton on this Wednesday, and of course, recruiting coverage on the Locked On Podcast Network is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown. College terms and conditions apply. Brian Smith, the lockdown recruiting expert, also a recruiting writer at auburndaily.com, joining us. And you've spent the week in Orlando covering the Under Armour All-American game or the Cam Coleman showcase, but we'll get to that in a a moment. Caden Salter, the former, now former, Liberty quarterback, has announced that he's entering the transfer portal obviously this has been a name that auburn fans have been looking at because of hugh freeze's tie to liberty um played under hugh freeze in 22 after transferring there from tennessee he played eight games in 2022 i believe before kind of being the full-time guy this upcoming or this past season where they went undefeated 12 and 0 before playing oregon i think it makes sense Brian, I think this is certainly a kid. If you're Hugh Freeze, you have to pick up the phone and catch up with him a little bit.
2: I'm guessing that's already transpired in some capacity, whether it's directly between those two. But somebody, I mean, it would only make sense. Right. Look, he's a fit for what you does. They already know the playbook. i How this not be a fit, I think, is the better question. Mm Mm-hmm unless he just really doesn't want to play in the South or there's something like that. Because otherwise, this seems to make the most sense of anybody. I don't know how you handle that with Peyton Thorne or whatever, but that's for them to, you know, they make millions of dollars. I'll let you freeze, figure that out. But yeah, I, I, I'm all for them, at least bringing him in, having a visit, meeting of the minds and go from there because Auburn's passing game, is it's, it's got to go up. There's just got to go way. up.
1: It's got to go up. And it just seems like overall belief in Peyton Thorne has dwindled. The fan base is certainly there for the most part. I'm not going to speak for everybody, but it seems like a lot of them are at that point. And I don't know if his team believes in him as much as they did uh, when he arrived and stepped foot on campus. I just think some of the body language stuff is a little interesting there. And if you Freeze in his post-game press conference, Brian, when he's asked about the quarterback battle, and he's going to say it's wide open, that why wouldn't you pursue a quarterback via the transfer portal? The, those two things don't match, in my opinion.
2: Well, I think you kind of hit it on the, on the head. Like, Freeze is going into year two, and they've got a lot of great pieces coming in, and they're going to get some portal guys, etc. The, the head of the snake is still the quarterback position.
1: Always. It always will be.
2: And look, Kim Coleman has to have the ball thrown to him within reach. I just posted a picture on the Twitter for Auburn day. Like him, his reach is crazy. It's
1: unbelievable. But it's still, I, yeah. I'm,
2: right now. I'm not sure if it's going to get in that range because there's just so much disconnect in the passing game. So
1: yeah.
2: I, I'm, I'm sure they're trying to talk about it, but if you're freeze at the end of the year, you would think, okay, we had a month of practice that part of the team didn't buy into the bowl game. I think that's pretty obvious, but sure. Thorne may not have been one of the guys either. Like he, he did not perform at all. So I'm, I'm glad that they've just said, look, there's a chance for somebody else here. You got to be honest. You're not doing yourself any favors by not. And I think the fan base will respect that too.
1: Yeah. And the timing is interesting too. Caden Salter has two years left of eligibility, assuming my ability to count. He has two years left of eligibility wherever he chooses to go. And so then the timing, because we've been talking about this year kind of being the stopgap okay, you've got another year of Peyton Thorne, and then you have a battle between Hank Brown, who at that point would be a redshirt sophomore, versus Walker White, who would either be a redshirt freshman or a true sophomore. If you add an extra year to that, if Caden Salter comes in, assuming he beats out Peyton Thorne, and I don't think he's an NFL guy. We'll see what he does in this system. We'll see, assuming he comes here. But you're probably getting him for two years. So, like, Is that a good thing, or is it a bad thing? Or is that something that we possibly don't know yet?
2: I think it's a good thing. A buddy of mine put it best. He said, you want to keep your high school quarterback recruits. That's great. You're not going to. The kid that has to sit more than a year, year and a half is going to leave. And if they do, so be it. You have to take the now kid, especially after a seven and five, seven and six season.
1: Six
2: and seven. Yeah, six, whatever it is. They're terrible compared to where they should be sure. because they'll throw the ball. They can't. You can't. Yeah the risk of being in this same boat when we have this conversation early January, 2025, mm. you lose somebody. You know what? We wish you the best. We have to win much more games <laughs> next year than what we did this year. And we got to look better doing it. Like remember the, the Alabama game at halftime, they had 20 yards. Passing. Look, and they, it's amazing. They almost won. That shows you how good the coaching staff figured it out. And the defense played Well, but if they'd have been able to complete two or three more passes in the first half score, another touchdown, they win the game. It it's just get...
1: so hard for the offense to get going. And oh, we yeah. saw it, we saw it with awesome. Hank Brown when he was finally given a shot. He completed two or three passes. It's like, oh my gosh, there's finally some momentum happening. And Absolutely. it's just it's like this massive boulder. And it's just so hard to get that <laughs> momentum, that that process started. And it kind of felt that way all season, and your quarterback's the guy that's creating that momentum most of the time. And and a lot of the time, it was either Peyton Thorne's legs doing it, not his arms, or it was the legs of Jarquez Hunter uh, over the course of the season. And that's just not that's not ideal. It's not ideal. So then you can look at uh, a Caden Salter, who has one. I do, I, I'm not going to act like I've watched a ton of Liberty, Brian, but that seemed to be a pretty run-heavy offense. They didn't play a whole lot. I mean, it's very... He he was in a very friendly situation. I'm not saying like he didn't deserve all the accolades and respect that he's gotten, but I do think context matters. That was a very friendly situation for a quarterback.
2: Well, and that's fine. If we're good at something, let's do it. By all means. 100%. But also, when you run the ball well, you have better play action. He can use his legs in RPO. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine Jarquez Hunter when it's third and two more consistently instead of him running on third and four, third and five or something takes a load off, man. And he's still dynamic and they've got other good running backs too. Like we both love Jeremiah Cobb and he was only a freshman this year. Yeah. If you can run the ball a little more, your quarterback's even more dynamic and you just complete two or three more balls a game.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The offense scores seven to 10 more points a game. I mean, they're going to win two or three more games again. I see no reason not to bring him in for a visit, assuming he's interested.
1: Yeah, I I think so. I think so. And he was interested in Hugh Freeze once. Maybe he'll be interested in Hugh Freeze again. Former four-star recruit, went to Tennessee, didn't work out there, transferred to Liberty, played for Hugh in 2022, and then obviously he was the guy in 2023. Big reason why they went 12-0 this past season. So we'll see. I think uh, I think you bring him in, and if he wants to do it, and it makes sense as far as everything you're trying to build and your scholarships, you do it. If that happens, you may lose Holden Gurner, and you may lose Peyton Thorne after spring, maybe even before that, depending on what the timing looks like. So I think that's all worth noting, and we'll, of course, follow it. We'll, we will follow it every step of the way. All right, you were in Orlando this week, and Cam Coleman, along with several other Auburn signees, Uh, Performed with kids at the highest level and they stood out. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that's what your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. And that's why LinkedIn jobs has created all the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free linkedin is not just another job board linkedin has a vast network of more than a billion with a b professionals which makes it the best place to hire post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job free terms and conditions apply Brian Smith our guest talking cruton on this Wednesday who stood out to you and I, I, you better say Cam Coleman first but the what did you see in Orlando watching watching <coughs> all these kids play in the or practice in the Under Armour All-American game
2: well it's a competition in many different ways they they do all the basic stuff for the game like the run fits and all that stuff And Cam was competitive in that, and so was Perry, et cetera. Amon Lane is there, Jalen Crawford. I just think that overall those four are all even better than I thought. It's different seeing kids live, first off. Sure. Um, Crawford had a one-handed interception that kind of went viral. I retweeted it from the Auburn Daily. Cam Coleman came right back right after and got him on one. Um, They're the two of the best players there. Uh, My buddy Don Cox, that is the DB coach for Under Armour, He first kid he mentioned to me. Was Crawford, like we yeah. uh, we both knew Coleman was going to like one on one. Coleman isn't going to be guarded very often, but he brought up Crawford to me above even Ellis Robinson, who ESPN has the number one player in the country. Yeah, so like the Auburn kids are excelling, but in particular Coleman, his reach and his ability to catch the ball when he's not open is just a little bit ridiculous. He has some of the longest arms I've ever seen on a wide receiver, and he's still humble about it. Like I showed him the one handed touchdown catch, he didn't even care. Like, it's no big deal. He just, next play, he was still pissed that Crawford got the interception on him. Sure. Because he's such a competitor. Uh, Perry Thompson beat Ellis several times. And if you can beat Ellis Robbins, who I think is the most consistent DB in the country, he beat him several times. You're a dude. And Brian, Brian, I read
1: that Perry throughout the the week struggled with drops a little bit. Do you you see, did you notice any of that? Did you see any cause for concern with that?
2: I mean, they both had drops, but I mean, these are guys that are going to SEC schools, covering them. And the word "drop" is a very familiar term to people, but it's also one that you got to be reluctant with because a lot of it is DBs on you, not like drops in Skelly. These are one-on-ones. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? They're not. They're not dropping the ball. With you know, I could care less. Um, when the game happens on Wednesday, I don't think I'm going to see drops. Got it. That's that's kind of how I look at it.
1: Got it. Cam Coleman. His ability to adjust his body while he's in the air—it's—it's—it's oh. it's, it's uncanny. I mean, you don't see a whole lot of stuff uh, out of kids like that at that age. I mean, it, he's just his ability when the ball is coming down and it's time to like make a play to twist and contort his body in the air, even when somebody's on him. It, just, you don't see that a whole lot, Brian.
2: I grew up in Indiana, and I know it's a different sport, but he reminds me a little bit of Sean Kemp when they used to throw him alley-oops. He was 6'10", 6'11". Yeah. And he was a freakazoid in the NBA. He used to have bad passes, and he'd catch it behind his head and dunk it. Cam's that kind of guy. Sure. And, like, six-foot DBs look next to him when he puts his arms up. There's nothing you can do. And he hates to miss a rep. Like, it really bothers him when somebody beats him. Yeah. That's the difference between good. And great. Yeah, he gets it. He gets it.
1: All right, so we've talked about Cam and Perry, the receivers. Jalen Crawford, it sounds like he's having a really, really good week down there.
2: The first thing that Cox told me, and this was yesterday, he's like, look, the kid gets it. He's really smart. I said, when you tell him something, how long does it take him to get it? He goes, immediately. He will apply what I give him like the next rep. Yeah, Believe me, Cox is one of those guys, if you tick him off, he'll let you know. You know, like, he'll have Crawford go, like, first or second in the reps.
1: This is the DB's so coach?
2: Yeah, he's been doing it for years. Okay. He is, uh, he, he's an elite guy. He's the one that does all the hype stuff for him, beginning of practice, get him stretched. Like, if you're out of tune, he's the military guy. Okay. And uh, he, he, he does not play, and he loves the kid. He doesn't care who you are, what your ranking is, and he went up to me and brought that up, and he doesn't, he didn't even know I'd started covering Auburn. Mm-hmm. So it's as genuine as it gets. And the other thing about it is the kid makes a great play. He doesn't, doesn't boast. He just goes back to the huddle. Mm-hmm. He goes and takes the next rep. And he just keeps learning. He, when you have humble and you're an elite level talent, I'll take that every time I can get it. I don't care what position it is. Yeah, That's special. Yeah. Yeah. And Auburn, I mean, I knew he was good. I didn't know he was this good. So like, if you haven't, Had the opportunity to see him check out his huddle film or whatever, but I have a feeling he's going to make some plays in the all star game itself. And quite honestly, I have a feeling he's going to make some plays next year for Auburn as a true freshman.
1: I I think so too. I think so too. And I've said it a few times like, he's my favorite guy in this class. It's kind of flying under the radar a little bit, which Long time listeners and viewers of the show are rolling their eyes because, like, it's I say that about the cornerback, like in every class, like the main corner. I'm like, this is the guy, this is the guy, this is the guy. And look, Auburn's gotten Auburn's nailed it over the last decade or so with kind of guys who can come in and be their number one corner. So I think Jalen Crawford could be the next in line with that. Amon Lane uh, is the final guy that was down there representing Auburn. What have you seen out of uh, Amon
2: this week? He is more put together than I originally thought. He's almost built like a like a boxer. Okay, uh, You really can't put it on any better. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he is jacked. Plays as hard as anybody. And another kid that Cox and all those guys like is he takes the reps. If he does something wrong, he fixes it and he moves on. He's not as gifted as Crawford. Like Crawford's length is sickening. But at the same time, he'll be able to play a role. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a nickel, physical kid. He'll get up in your grill can do a lot of different things. So, if he's your other corner recruit, yeah. You're in
1: pretty good shape. Yeah, you'll take that. You'll take that. Auburn's got several good DBs in this class. Brian, when you were down there watching these guys, what was the biggest surprise from the week?
2: Biggest surprise is probably just how many great receivers there were and still a few guys going to Auburn standing out. There were a couple guys watching with me as I was taking pictures of Perry and Cam and I'm like, "Okay, why are why are you here?" And they're like, they're just really good. And we're just kind of checking them out. Like they catch the eye of people that cover nationally or cover other schools. Yeah. And they're like Ryan Williams is still arguably the best player there. even though he reclassed. We can talk about him. He's, he's unbelievable, but like everybody stops and watches Coleman, Perry Thompson. That's a good sign too. I didn't, you know, that does not happen a lot. Cause usually guys are just, these are the kids I'm here to cover. Right. And then you, you go home. That was kind of surprising to me, except for you know, like a couple of the national guys. Uh, the only other thing is like just the size of some of the kids; it's amazing.
1: What's the what's the chatter and speculation around Ryan Williams down there?
2: It's a little bit of everybody's opinion. I've talked to him several times, and I was joking with him yesterday. I said, "When we get to about the fifteenth of January, you need to lose your phone." He goes, "Oh yeah, I <laughs> but." Like I said, there's nothing else I can ask you at this point. You got to take the visits. I said, I'll talk to you after this is over. But he's got uh, Alabama first, then he's got Texas, then he's got Auburn. He seems to be kind of just trying to figure it out. He is really good buddies with Jalen. You, you,
1: you think he genuinely doesn't know?
2: No, I mean, if he had to pick today, I guess it would be Bama because he's been there the most, but like Probably. he's taken all three visits. He's not taking all three unless he's interested. Like, he's a really down-to-earth kid. He's not doing that. Like, he'll talk to anybody. Real chill good. Do I you
1: know. think Texas is a factor?
2: I think they're the wild card because KJ is obviously committed there, and KJ was down for the event, too. I don't know where they fit in. I'm sure they're attractive because it's Texas. They throw the ball around and all that. Sure. And I think he's just curious because, I mean – It's a big brand. Uh, I would still be surprised if it's not Alabama or Auburn.
1: Do you put any stock in, you you, want to be the last visit? Do you put stock in that?
2: That is something that I learned early in my recruiting career. Florida State went out of their way to always have the last visit if they could. They had a top three class every year.
1: (laughs) So you buy it. You think it matters?
2: Uh, Out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. If you're going to get the first visit, You better be the school that he like. The kid has a chance to either a just shut it down and get the commitment, and we're done. Yeah. Or he's been there a million times. At least for Alabama's sake, he's been there quite a few times. But I thought it was interesting that Freeze called dibs on that right off the bat. I don't know why they did that, but it was, in my opinion, that's what I would have done too.
1: Yeah. No, he's a closer. Hugh Freeze is a closer on the recruiting trail. So um, good. I mean, it's it's great that Auburn's got a shot. We'll see if it uh, if it pays off or not. All right, Auburn added a 2026 20, wide receiver. And, and the more you tell me about this kid, Brian, the more interesting I think uh this addition is. I think it makes a whole lot of sense as far as Auburn getting more and more into Florida. We'll discuss that in just a moment, right here, unlocked on, on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Alumni Hall. Alumni Hall is the best place to get all of your Auburn swag, all officially licensed. They've got three physical locations in Huntsville, Auburn. And Opelika. And if you don't live in any of those places, one, that stinks. Two, you can go to alumnihall.com and you can check out their full inventory of officially licensed Auburn gear for any sports. Baseball's close. Basketball, we're in the thick of it. We're about to get into conference play. You want to make sure you look good when you're watching the Tigers play or when you're watching this show. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. Be sure to check it out, alumnihall.com, and be sure to support them. And, uh, yeah, deck yourself out in some uh, some Auburn swag.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, 0 term mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kabotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's kabotaorangedays.com.
1: Brian Smith joining us on this Cruton Wednesday. Denarius Gray, the 2026 four star wide receiver. The little bit I've been able to find on this kid, Brian. I really like him, but you've watched this kid a fair amount.
2: Yeah, he he plays at Shamanata Madonna, which is one of the best high school football programs in the country. It's out of the Fort Lauderdale area. Um, Jeremiah Smith, the number one player in the country, was there this year. They had like five Power Five receivers, and he was one of them. Uh, great problem to have if you're the quarterback. Yeah, and he still was a player that stood out. They they have a, so much speed and talent. They got to kind of balance it, but on any other team, he'd have had like sixty catches. You know what I mean? Like, it's just they got that many dudes. But at the same time, his speed, his length, he's a kid that's going to kind of grow into the Cam Coleman role. Like, his arms are long, and he can go. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to end up with 40-plus offers. He's the kind of guy that if you get him early, you're going to have to hold on because he's going to get recruited by four to four to state Miami. He, he's a dude. Yeah. And he's going to play for whatever seven-on team he wants, the whole nine, and he'll be recruited by both the, the national all-star games, elite recruit.
1: He's already 180 pounds. Yep. I mean, this is, so he's a sophomore, right? He's still a sophomore in high school. 6'2", 180 pounds. I mean, that's, that is a solid size for an underclassman wide receiver.
2: Jeremiah was 6'2", 180, 185 as a sophomore. (laughs) He's 6'3", 210 now. How hard does a kid want to work? He's with the right program. His receiver coach is a guy that gets after it. He was a dude when he played. They push kids at that school. They win yeah. state every year, and uh, they beat the number one team in New Jersey this past year by 40 in their 1A school. I mean, it's very mm-hmm. competitive. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of place where he will elevate his game, too. Mm-hmm. The key guys are leaving. He's now the guy that they're going to put. I mean, they moved him around, but he's going to be the outside guy that gets the number one corner. We're going to find out real quick this next year just how good he is because South Florida has DBs that even the schools are, aren't very good yeah, So he's going to get challenged. I really look forward to it, especially because he's committed to an SEC school already. They're gonna, Everybody's going to circle him. So we'll find out next fall. But the film speaks for itself, Zach. He, he's a heck of a football player.
1: Yeah, Denarius Gray. So excited to see what happens with him over his final two years left uh, of high school <laughs> right. football. I mean, I, I know you're seeing guys come in every recruiting situation is different and unique because every kid and every person is unique mm. as far as what they want to do and, and what's important to them and all of that. But how often do you see kids that commit this early? I mean, it seems like those guys are always flip candidates down the road for another school. I mean, is is that the case here or is this the kind of kid who's going, like, I just you know wanted to get this done. I, I like Auburn. They've got a lot of receivers coming in. I want to be a part of that. And he's like, no, that's, that's good. That's, that's where I want to be.
2: For a South Florida kid, it was kind of surprising because they're the ones that are most likely to kind of go through the process. So when that popped up, I'm like, I know that name. Where's he from? I'm like, oh heck, I went and saw him a couple months ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he if he made that commitment, and he again, this is going to be a kid that gets all the offers down south. He'll get Bama, Miami, everybody. So Auburn has done a something really, really well to recruit him. And B, he must have some support for it because the infrastructure at his school, they would have told him not to do it if they didn't think no. there was validity there. Like I know that pre- they they don't care. They they do not play. The Damien, the head coach, et cetera, they they know. So there's something there they wouldn't have allowed him to do it. They yeah. just pulled the plug there. I think Auburn's in pretty good shape. I'm not saying he's ever going to take a visit somewhere, but they've done something really, really well. I'm curious to talk to Daenerys. I haven't talked to him yet, but I'll get down to see him and we'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, so uh, he is now one of two members of Auburn's 2026 20, class. He joins Kale Ellis, who is a 6'3", 290-pound offensive lineman, Georgia kid. So uh, I think Auburn is ninth right now, if you even care about these rankings for the 2026 yeah. class. They're top three <laughs> in the 2025 class right now. But um, yeah, it's all so far out. But still, worth following this guy just because, I mean, he doesn't look like a sophomore on tape, and I think that's—I mean—that is, um—that's a good thing. The guy, the guy is going to be a very large wide receiver mm-hmm. when it's all said and done. So, uh, Brian, thanks so much for your time. Uh, as always, how can uh, how can people check out everything that you've got going on?
2: Auburndaily.com dot Going to be a lot of recruiting previews. Uh, going to have to do something on Denarius here. Uh, watch a little more film, do a little review, and on Twitter at uh, FBScout underscore Florida. Lots to talk about with the college football playoffs. I'm sure Auburn fans are interested in some of that for an obvious reason uh, oh, yeah. much to their happiness. So uh, I'll be seeing everybody out there on the Twitter sphere.
1: Yep, absolutely. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com. And if you're tuned in and you're like, well, where's the basketball content? Daryl and I went live right after the Auburn basketball game last night. So that's up on YouTube and uh, also on this podcast feed if you're listening on audio. Be sure to check that out. We will be back tomorrow. This has been